Welcome to Hiraith, the home of modern Welsh politics. It's quite simple. We want to make noise, as much Welsh noise as possible. That's the simple introduction to Wales Week in London. Now in its sixth year, the annual showcase and celebration of all things Welsh in London kicks off in the weeks leading up to St David's Day. This event has now spread with similar events across the globe, providing an opportunity for Welsh people, businesses and governments to really exert what is generally called our soft power. Joining us tonight to talk Wales Week and Welsh soft power are Dan Langford, co-founder and chair of Wales Week London and Wales Week Worldwide. Hello, Dan. Hello. Uh, Kerry Wynne-Griffith, chief executive of the London Welsh Centre. Hello, Kerry. Hello. And Anne Ellis, chief executive of the Mauve Group of Companies. Hello, Anne. Hello. Diolch Pawb, thank you very much for joining us today. Um, this is a pod, you know, sort of with a sort of heavy nod to Welsh migration. So, um, Kerry, Anne, before we get into the sort of more detailed questions, where are you originally from and how did you end up moving away from Wales? So I'm Kerry Wynne Griffith, originally from Avelin Helly in North Wales. And I moved to London in 2009 when I uh, moved here to train as an actress. And as the years have gone by, I found the Welsh Centre, uh, walked through the doors. It instantly felt like home. And by now, I'm the chief executive. In a nutshell. <laughs> Anne. Hello, my name's Anne Ellis. I was born in a small village called Llan Hebeth, outside near Denby in Denbyshire. I was very fortunate in 1996 that my husband managed to get a contract in Italy and we moved to Italy as a family. We've lived there for 26 years and during that period we set up our own business supporting uh, engineers initially in the telecoms business to uh, move up, work overseas um, and we were the company that made sure that they were working compliantly in the country where they were located so we were involved in registering companies employing these engineers getting them their visas putting them on local payrolls and making sure they were paid and that they were paying their taxes social security in that country we've now expanded all over the world, we have 63, four with Move Cymru <laughs> countries <laughs> that are owned by the Move Group of companies, and we continue to grow. So it's been a very exciting adventure. Thank you, Anne. And Dan, what's your journey? And also, I suppose, how did you come to set up Wales Week? So my journey is a bit of reverse. I moved into Wales in uh, 1987. Uh, I came to Cardiff to, to be an art student and um, uh, very quickly uh, made a whole bunch of, uh, of, of good Welsh friends who are still very close friends to this day. But they um, uh, pri principally hung out around Club Evil Bach. And, uh, uh, and as a net result of those relationships, um, both my children grew up uh, speaking Welsh um, and uh, I sort of became very comfortably subsumed uh, by by Wales, by Welshness, by all my my Welsh friends, and and I think that's perhaps uh, uh, the roots of uh, of Wales Week London. Um, I, I was back and forth to London a lot with work over the years, uh, and and got on board with a, a society there called the Wales in London Society. I don't know. I suppose I I 
got really interested in in pushing Wales back in England. Um, it's a place that obviously I've uh, come to to love quite a lot, and uh, and and just wanted to sort of uh, take it out of Wales and 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 show it off a bit more, really. And so when I came back from a, a journey one evening at, at some sort of function, I think, in London with a good friend of mine, uh, Mike. Mike runs a, a branding agency, Blue Egg, here in Cardiff. Uh, and we discussed this idea of doing a sort of Wales Week London. And then came the sort of uh, the most fundamental question. I said, well, can you do me a website for nothing? And I'd like, I'd like to uh, uh, launch it in about six weeks. So uh, he reluctantly uh, supported me with that. And uh, we had a website up fairly quickly. We had meetings with both governments. We had meetings with Kerry and her colleagues very early, early on, um, to see about you know how, what she thought of the idea and and how it could help the London Welsh Centre, uh, as well as London Welsh Centre con to contribute to it. And then, say within a matter of weeks, we launched our first one with a, a launch in in Westminster, in December 2016, which was a sort of a call to action, if you like, for the following spring. We launched with about 18 events on the website we thought we'd made it now bearing in mind all those 18 events were already happening in london but there was just no coordination if you like by the time we got to mid-feb there were about 56 events and um, over half of them were new things that wouldn't have happened if it wasn't for wales week coming into being so we were really chuffed with that realized quickly actually this is really hard work where we thought it wouldn't be quite as much as it is the following year, we had about 80 events, I think. The next year, we had over 100. 2020, we had about 130 events. The pandemic, we thought nothing would happen, but the likes of Kerry and her team and, and others still wanted things to happen. So we had about 70 online events. We were back in last year with a, another good programme, and this year, we're just under 100 events. So it's grown every year. And genuinely, it is about all those people contributing. It's the Kerry's, it's the Anne's, it's 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 you guys putting on this this podcast, frankly. People wanting to be part of it in in whatever context and to get whatever they think they can from it. And then we're just we think we're a platform to help sort of coalesce all, all the noise that collectively we can make. And hopefully every every part therefore benefits from it. Thanks, Dan. Uh, building on that, sort of talking about the uh, the London Welsh Centre with with you now, Kerry. I mean, I remember when I moved to London. I think it was like day two or three of living in London. I sort of sought out uh, the centre just outside of King's Cross and, you know, spent many a happy evening or day there over the time I lived in London. But the London Welsh Centre have been doing things for such an incredibly long time. Can you tell us a little bit about the centre for those who don't know and how, how you have engaged with Wales Week? Um, so, yeah, I should have brushed up on my history before coming on the podcast. <laughs> but... Um... Briefly, the centre um, was established, well, the association was established, uh, you know, over 100 years ago, and they used to meet in hotels and cafes in and around town, Soho, um, and the community grew so much that they needed a permanent space. So they acquired the land, or they were given the land, and um, they built it, and the building that we are still existing with today was only meant to be the temporary building, uh, but the Welsh being the Welsh, we never we never actually found the funding to build it properly. So it is what it is, our temporary building. Um, but today, I think um, 
I've kind of said it when, you know, in introducing myself earlier on is when I walked through the doors, what I felt was a sense of home, um, a sense of belonging and feeling that I was accepted and getting to know these characters that could easily be in Aberhondi, Swansea, Cardiff, uh, Denby. These people, the connection and the, the, the need to be connected, not just to Welsh people, but to their Welsh identity. So I think um, it's it's great to be able to be working in a place that does that via arts and culture, showing sports, which is such an important part of our culture. And through um, our association with Wales Week and with Dan many years ago, when he had that initial conversation about this big idea, which felt like a small idea, but it was massive and it grew and grew. Um, I can certainly say that our platform has been raised and we are, excited by the spring every year because you know you can better on what has been before and we are making more noise every year and what do you what do you are the value of the events such as wales week for 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 wales in, in an economic business sense yeah basically what's happened to me is i mentioned earlier i left um the uk in 1996 then proceeded to travel the world setting up companies in all these different countries and supporting companies from US, UK, anywhere who wanted to expand away from where they were located. And I've come, I feel a full circle now, and I've come back to Wales, where I really want to provide these services to Welsh companies who want to expand. I've seen a big resurgence in in growth in Welsh products. Um, it's really exciting and I really want to contribute to help these companies to grow outside of Wales. And also that will help to show the world what Wales is made of and for us to be proud of the fact that we have so many amazing products, the things that we can sell all over the world. That's what I'm hoping to achieve by now establishing a company in Wales, finally. And you really see the business benefits and the economic impact of these kind of events for Welsh companies and Welsh expats, is that fair to say? Yes, I'd say definitely. I mean, the most important thing is to meet with each other and exchange ideas, um, you know, in a, in, a, in a situation where it a social interaction, I think that's so important. And one of the things I've, I feel I'm so excited about is that I've been traveling the world, like I say, since for 26 years. I go to every country and say, oh, you're from England. I say, no, I'm from Wales. <laughs> and then I sometimes, unfortunately, I'd be told, oh, where is that? And, you know, and then I explain where it was. But just recently is actually, funnily enough, I say Wales and they all go, ah, Gareth Bale. So... <laughs> When it came to the World Cup, I was there personally myself. I was really excited and it was amazing to see the recognition that Wales has had in in this sports world. But actually, I think it will also benefit Wales that we can now extend that to the business world. I think it's fair to say we've all been there when we've been travelling about how you get the recognition and Gareth Bale's the, the lead. Now, many of you is Ryan Giggs, but it's... It's the baton's been passed. Uh, Dan, you know, th you mentioned that there were celebrations of um, Welshness pre-Wales Week, often around St David's Day, and you and the team have taken it to that next level with nearly 100 events 
this year. It's it's not just London though, is it? You know, you've taken the uh, what you're doing onto the global side of things. Like, where are you now with on the world stage? Um, yeah, we after about the second year, I think, or third year, people were approaching us um, uh, from abroad, but also w- within Wales and the UK, saying, "Why don't you think about taking this abroad?" So, um, I did a bit of research. Uh, of Welsh societies around the world. Um, I made some inquiries through um, the sort of uh, the, the channels you'd normally expect, but no one seemed to have a list of the Welsh societies around the world. So I spent a few evenings on the internet and found about just under 200, I think about 180. Um, and those that had email addresses, I literally contacted and just said, this is what we're doing in London. If you fancy getting involved and, and and trying to shape your own version of this wherever you are, then let's have a chat. And um, and quite a few people got in touch, and um, uh, and that sort of started that process. And it then followed up with me going to speak at the North American Festival of Wales, which is held every year. And I I went there with a, a load of Wales Week kit and uh, and talked to people. And and again, that attracted sort of more attention. Um, and they come and go. So. You know, every year isn't the same. It's not a case of we we had 21 year and next year we grow and grow. I think the most we've been at one year is 21 at any given time, all running simultaneously around this period around St. David's Day. And those sort of places were, were New England, New York, Pittsburgh, Kansas, British Columbia. Uh, we had Toronto for a while. Um, uh, we're now in, in Berkshire. We've been in Dublin. We're in Paris. We've been in Germany. We've got Hungary, Osaka, we've had Tokyo. We almost had uh, Bangkok, Beijing and Hong Kong, but they they got curtailed because it's just when uh, COVID hit the world. Say Dublin, we've been up in Newcastle, which has now grown this year to be the Northeast, the Wales Week Northeast. We've done Manchester in the North. I was on, on a call over an hour and a half with some business people in Malta the other day that they want to take something on for next year. Geneva is is a plan, South Africa's in the plan, Birmingham here in the UK, Glasgow hopefully. So it does go on and on and on. But I mean, this year I reckon we'll probably be in no more than a dozen different places. Um, I'm I'm working on a plan. Uh, I can't sort of reveal too much of that just yet, I'm afraid. Um, But I'm working on a plan that might help us scale far more quickly. Um, I have this view that there are 90 or so embassies, UK embassies around the world, and there's no reason we can't have 90 Wales Week. And I don't say that in a flippant way, I genuinely believe it, but it needs planning. So that that's the overall ambition, and they're all different. Nothing's the scale of London. I mean, New York and, and Berkshire, strangely enough, New York and Berkshire are the two real biggies outside of London, but London's got a Welsh diaspora like no other part of the world. London's got Welsh interests like no other part of the world. And and just to be clear with it, it's not just about working with diaspora and celebrating amongst ourselves. That's very much part of it, and we've every right to do that, of course. But in doing so, we want to create noise that also promotes Wales to those who aren't Welsh or don't know of Wales. So we're, we're trying to take Wales outside of Wales, in that sense, outside of a Welsh affinity. Um, and that's very deliberate. And hopefully... As that builds momentum year on year, hopefully that's certainly something that businesses specifically perhaps can benefit from. Terry, Scotland and especially Ireland have this kind of presence across the world already, and and it's something Wales can only dream of. You know, a byproduct of uh, previous migration and um, things like that. But 
we do have a significant kind of story of Welsh people travelling. Do you think, you know, we make the most of those historic ties and links, but whether it's London or whether it's uh, New York or, you know, don't want to talk about Ukraine, but Donetsk, for those who know the, the history of that part of the world? Um, I think we're getting better at telling the story, but we're certainly behind those nations that you mentioned just there. At times, it feels as if we've been a bit embarrassed about telling the story. Uh, we're a bit too shy about it. Um, but we're certainly getting better. And, and I, you know, I think with initiatives like Wales Week and getting, um, you know, all credit to Dan and Mike, getting Welsh Gov on board, getting Welsh Gov to realise that, you know, the power you know, that, that they have to play with here in London and internationally. Um, we're getting better on that front, um, but there's still a way to go, certainly. You mentioned Welsh Gov there, and uh, uh, they have done a lot since devolution happened, and uh, I've been involved, so I know they have. have uh, had some great uh, business trips with uh, taking Welsh companies and maximising that. But, Dan, you mentioned, you know, when you started it, that... Uh, you know, some of the kind of things you'd expect to see, such as those lists and those kind of details of who's involved, where, when. Do you think we're in, you know, what you've done has really driven this agenda now and we are in a much better place? I think Wales Week has certainly played a part, absolutely. And, you know, in the early days, it was also early days, if we take the Welsh Government, for example, it was early days for them in considering their international strategy and their and, and diaspora-specific plan and things like that. So the, the, the timing of it, it all seemed to happen very much around the same time. And we, we were in good communications with them uh, in, you know, all, all the time around that, those sort of developments. And I think I think they well, they've done some great stuff, frankly, and, and equally other organisations. There are other diaspora organisations out there um, that that are, are you know doing things off their own back, a bit like Wales Week is. But collectively, we're all creating this fantastic noise. I think there is a danger that we don't um, sort of cannibalise ourselves in a way. We need we need to ensure there is good coordination, and that, I I think that's hard to achieve. Welsh government and and you know where where the UK government also can fit in with this is how can they try and be pivots to help all this private sector uh, initiatives if you like um, how, how can they what, how can they be the pivot for those for to enable them to do even more um, whilst they're doing their stuff as well um, I think being better coordinated in that way. Can, can only be a good thing. And that's not a criticism of anyone. It's a lot of things have been happening, some quite disparately. Um, together, it's making good noise, but we could always fine tune it. And I think that's really perhaps where we are. But there's def definitely good stuff out there. And, you know, we Wales Week, we collaborate very well with both governments. You know, actually, we take quite a bit of pride in that, <laughs> that, um, that we've managed to have this sort of tripartite relationship that works very smoothly. You know, we're all after the same. This isn't about a government. It's about Wales. Um, and it's as simple as that. All, all this kind of talk about Welsh diaspora will lead some people to start thinking uh, about the concept of brain drain. I know it's very true to me, the feeling of when I was younger, that I needed to leave Wales in order to achieve everything that I wanted to. It ended up not being true, and I ended up moving back to Wales. But... Do you think that that's a true a true story for many people in Wales? Do you think that many people do feel that they need to leave Wales to achieve what they want? 
do we view that in a positive way? Should we be encouraging people to see the world and to experience as much of the world as possible? Or should we really be concerned that the so-called brain drain is in, is meaning that Wales's best people aren't staying in Wales and benefiting Welsh the Welsh economy and Welsh society? I, I, I'm not trying to be corny here, but I prefer to think of it as a brain train. Go out and they'll come back again. You know, and, and I, I think it's great. I lo love the idea that people want to go out and explore the world, grow and, and mature in whatever direction they do. And whilst they're out there, they're fantastic advocates for their homeland. And then they come back, they bring back connections, they bring back experiences, they bring back expertise and perspectives from an economic, a cultural, whatever point of view you come from. I, I, I think that's great. I, I really do. And, and all the while, a bit like Anne out there in the world, Kerry in London, they're telling the Welsh story all the time, whether they mean it or not, you know? I certainly agree with Dan on that front. Um, I think we have to be mindful of, of, of this consensus within a certain sector of people thinking that there is brain drain. But no, I think, you know, we are here um, advocating and standing up for Wales. Um, Anne is returning and um, bringing all those 26 years of skills and expertise in order to bring more into Wales. Um, and yeah, I think, you know, I think the, the, the strategy now is being mindful of what is in with, within Wales, but what can we do to, to export Wales? And I think, you know, have, are we asking the Irish, why are they moving around? Is it a need or is it is it curiosity? Is it wanting to see, see world, see life for all it has to offer? Um, and it is not, you know, we are not bound by locations now. We all work, you know, you know, in a hybrid way, remotely. Um, just because I'm not in Wales doesn't mean I feel less Welsh or that I couldn't work for a Welsh company anymore. So um, I, th I think the question is um, is slightly misleading in, in that sense. Well, I mean, and, and it, it's certainly the case that the best paid jobs don't tend to be in Wales. They tend to be in England or across the world. So... What can Wales do to sort of get ourselves in a more competitive standing with other places that are, you know, albeit perhaps it is a brain train, but those those sort of countries and places that are attracting the young, young Welsh people to begin with? I think there's a lot to be learned from going out into the world. You know, I mean, I I, I certainly have learned an awful lot from my travels and uh, what I've learned by finding solutions to working in all the different countries that we operate in. Now, I think as a nation, we are, I think one of you mentioned before, we are a bit lacking in confidence. And I think it's time that the Welsh community, the Welsh businesses go out there into the world and show how good we are. What I can honestly say is that it doesn't matter how small a company you are, you can still manage to operate overseas you can sell your produce overseas. We, we, I've sort of done it. I've gone out there. I started up companies in different countries. We can help other people to do the same. It's, it doesn't matter how small or how big you are or what, what you have a service or a product. We can still help people to go out there and be confident in shouting about Wales and how good we are at everything. One of the ways in which the Welsh are very good at embedding themselves into places. And we'll talk a bit about London now, is institutions. So obviously we've got the London Welsh Centre, uh, we've got the, uh, the Cymredorion, in, and in, in London we've got in numerous chapels and Welsh language schools. 
how important are these are sort of embassies of Welsh culture in the modern day? Of course, they are still as important now as when they were uh, set up all those years ago. Um, I think on, on that, I'm just going to touch and link back to something Dan said earlier on. All these institutions have been um, were born from the need to socialize and um, and share share in a passion about something. Uh, you know, the Cumbra Dorion have um, you know they meet in the School of of Medicines and they you know have monthly lectures and a certain certain um, demographic of the London Welsh community is a part of that. Another demographic or a slightly broader one might be coming to the London Welsh Centre. Where things are slightly different now is that, as Matt Dan said, we are connecting, we are co-working, we are putting, uh, you know, putting events on that are, um, th yeah, that are linked in some way. There is a narrative that we are all not competing, we are all trying to say the same message in different ways. So highly important. Dan, do you want to build on that? Yeah, the fact there is a surviving a thriving welsh language school in london you know is it, i think it's fantastic that, that that's that's happening and um and they're embedded in that in the sort of um uh the welsh life in london as much as as, as kerry's organization and of course you've got london welsh rugby club um whose membership is huge you know um uh, from vets to to minis and juniors women and girls and, and so on uh there's football there's bowls there's cricket there's golf these are all london welsh networking um sports organizations to be quite honest the st david's day period the wales week period is almost like a, a fillip for the start of of a year a cycle but all year round all these organizations are constantly making this good positive welsh noise and you know i've spoken to a you know, a good number of organisations over the years from Wales that are thinking we'd like to get into London. And I'm talking businesses now. I'd like to get into London, and and straight away I say, well, use the Welshness as a as a soft landing. You get involved in Kerry's um, organisation on the Welsh Centre, or let's say London Welsh Rugby Club, and you're meeting more than um, Welsh people there. But suddenly, you know, this you're you're meeting friends. You've got to connect straight away. Um, it's a soft landing. Then you can start exploring how can how can I leverage this opportunity for for the reason that I've arrived in London in the first place. And and people want to help. You go to New York and bump into a Welsh person. They want to do what they can to help you. It's, you go to Dubai, you get the same. You know, and it's just the way it works. And you, you know, you drew comparisons earlier with Scotland and Ireland. Okay, they've got a head start. I've got a photo of this. I remember seeing some graffiti under a bridge saying, you know, on um, everyone's Irish on St. Patrick's Day. And, and they're right. All around the world, people stop working, go and drink Guinness, even though they're not Irish. Well, who's to say in 100 years' time, people won't be joining Wales Weeks all around the world and, and raising a glass to St. David? Because there's something about the values and the passion and the, the culture, the fervour that that Welsh community is bringing that attracts them to us. And to me, that's when soft power then can really be leveraged. You know, yes, we're behind the curve with those other other countries, but there's no reason to to try and not catch up. No, it's very true, Dan. I mean, when we we did uh, coverage of the U.S. presidential election a little while two years ago, and the, we were amazed by how many guests we could find that uh, were incredibly Welsh, but also incredibly political in the U.S. So it's definitely true. And just before I hand back over to to 
uh, here I carry. Uh, what sort of value do you attribute to institutions of Welshness in, in sort of selling this message across the globe? And um, having come from a small community in North Wales where everything was based around the chapel, everything was based around singing, I see that as really, I've noticed when I go, wherever I go, we always hear about the Welsh anthem. People think the Welsh anthem is absolutely incredible. I think that's something that really stands out for people uh, about Wales. And I think it's just really important to keep promoting these positive aspects of the Welsh community and the way we Welsh people uh, stick together basically we really do uh, <laughs> I think that's amazing I've seen this this feeling um, during having been lucky enough to be involved in a Wales week I've really amazed at how everybody's been so supportive uh, in set, helping us to set up our own event it's been fantastic and these my staff who are not Welsh who um, work for us they they're really impressed by the whole community thing and people helping each other so that's really important I think. Like Dan, I, I'm going to pick up on a couple of things you said. I'm glad you mentioned London Welsh because that has to be mentioned. And I I've done a couple of your events at Wales Week at the the home of London Welsh Old Deer Park, and it, it is a great venue for Welshness in London. Uh, but you also mentioned soft power, and I don't want to get too technical in these kind of things, but, you know, it, it is that kind of cultural, sporting values that we're representing to the world that can really get Wales noticed a little bit more. You know, what more do you think we could do to develop this aspect? You, you know, we've got the Football World Cup was probably the biggest platform Wales has had on a global stage what could we look at to try and make the most of that Welsh brand around the world now? So I think it might, this, my thinking on this might go back to um, an earlier point about coordinating and, and, and um, yeah, coordinating all these efforts that are trying to leverage diaspora, um, energize diaspora um, and all the other organizations around that. So Wales week, in one way, is very organic. It's not that organised, okay? We don't curate anything for London, say. And around the world, we give license to all those volunteers in the in the territories they are they're based internationally to run their Wales Week how they want to run it, okay? So all of it's quite organic. I think there's got to be a point where there's a slightly more sophisticated approach to it and a slightly more contextual approach that this fits in with wider stuff the Welsh government might be doing. It fits in with wider stuff UK government might be doing, whether it's DCMS, whether it's DIT, whatever it may be. It then has got to fit in with what other diaspora organisations are doing around the world. And I don't mean just the local societies. I mean like uh, International Wales, Global Welsh and, and so on, as well as the New York Welshes and the Paris Welsh Society and, and all those other organisations. How can, without ruining and... Um, frustrating perhaps the 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 very um soft touch um nice and friendly organic way all this has muddled together if i put it that way how can we fine tune it make it a bit more sophisticated and i think that's down to coordination we need we could just improve that i think as wales i remember watching a a, a documentary on uh, i don't know about 3 or 4 years ago about the the history of the relationship between England and Wales 
Um, I think Martin Johns, you may know him, professor at Swansea University, he, he put on this programme. And it seems to me every time he said, and England invaded again, he preceded it with, whilst the Welsh were fighting amongst themselves. Now, that's the impression I'm left with. And the more times I tell that story, the more I'm sure I exaggerate. But it's certainly said a few times, and it, but it was very poignant for me is that rather than us all going off in lots of different directions, albeit we're all doing good stuff, maybe there's some way we can coalesce it a bit better. I don't, I don't know, I don't know what the answer is. I certainly wouldn't want to stifle any energies or imagination. And, you know, Wales Week is entirely built on other people's imagination, their energy, their goodwill. So we can't, we, we can't discount that. It's, that is a vital component for all this happening. But how we do it across all these organisations and governments so we can get better and better and better, I don't know. You know, maybe there, there's something there, but I don't have the answer, I'm afraid. And, you know, is there anything you think we should be doing more of to to build on that? Dan mentioned Dubai just then. I, I've been resident in Dubai now for a few years, as well as living in Italy. I move around quite a lot. Um, and I've seen there's a, there's a lot of um, support for Wales in Dubai. Uh, I was involved in the expo last year, and that was fantastic. Uh, Wales took a great big part of that in the... UK Pavilion. Um, I think this is something we can look at developing. I mean, I'm quite interested. And in at the moment, we're growing our presence in uh, Asia, in Singapore in particular. And I'd really like to maybe help into su to support Wales Week in trying to develop it in those sort of regions, if possible. Consider yourself signed up, Anne. That's fantastic. <laughs> I, won't, I won't let I won't let you go. <laughs> Terry, I, I've got a follow-up to Anne, but do you want to just come in on anything you might have thought of on that soft power expansion we could do? Well, when I thought about the word soft power, okay, from an arts and culture perspective, because, you know, that is primarily what the centre deals in, um, by day we fund our um, charitable activities by hiring out rooms to big productions, West End productions, Netflix and the like. So it just get, made me think about the, the great deal of TV production talent Wales has and what we're now projecting to the nation through through what we're exporting there. Um, you know, the deal that, was it Dan um has got the first Welsh language programme to be put on Netflix. I think that is such a big step forward for us as a nation. And I guess, Cymraeg, the, the Welsh language in itself, we haven't, uh, we haven't directly said it today, but everything we're talking about here, um, you know, uh, getting um, getting the message about out about Welsh business and culture, Cymraeg, the language is so important in there. Um, Duolingo was an, I think I'm right in saying it's the fastest growing language uh, Welsh is on Duolingo. And yeah, if we're going to hit those million speakers again, there's a lot, lot to be done. Not that I'm offering any answers on how we're, how we're going to, uh, you know, broach this. But um, yeah, looking at those areas and, and thinking, how can we, how can we go in them further? The the World Cup, as you're right, rightly saying, is a was a fantastic platform, but it also demonstrated when good energies come together, you you try and maximise all the soft power available. You know, the FAW worked with so many arts and cultural organisations. Um, in so many ways, internally in Wales, but also externally. 
And I thought that was really impressive. And, and I know the Welsh Government were very key in supporting and facilitating that. And there was some really good, good stuff there. That wasn't a, a deliberate effort, a, a plug, but one of the events we've got here in London, I think at the London Welsh Centre, is Museums Wales, FAW and Welsh Government doing a, a, a talk all about how that worked, actually. But, you know, the fact that the, the FAW, they're a sponsor of Wales Week this year, you know, and they've been involved every year, but from an event organisation point of view, they decided they wanted a sponsor this year, primarily because they think it's a good thing and they want to support it. Now, from, from our point of view as the organisers, that's a fantastic sort of fillet to us and a good good confidence boost. But also it's quite symbolic, I suppose, that, you know, they're very open about, you know, through football, there's there's other things they need to connect with and, and, and they can make a bigger impact in lots of ways on more people by doing so. And I, I want to come back to what you mentioned there about the UK stand in Dubai. And I know there was a Welsh stand, but while it's great to do the Welsh badge things, but do you think we should also be looking to piggyback on, um, as we say, the larger uh, union that we're part of at the moment the, and the soft power that has and the, the Union Jack brand around the world? And I think, Dan, you mentioned, you know, that, that network of embassies and consulates, which Wales just won't have. You know, we should be making the most of the the access we've got to those, shouldn't we? Yes, I think that's something that we've been concentrating ourselves, actually, and, and they are a great support in the countries where we provide solutions, the chambers of commerce, the embassies. Uh, we also work very closely with the International Trade Council, Department of Trade and Industry, and all these organisations uh, are really good um, source of uh, support that we could probably utilise on, on a Welsh perspective as well. Dan, do you think we should be making the most of that? I think you've got, sounds like you've got an idea to engage with the embassies and consulates a lot more. Well, one, they've got a duty because Wales is is one of the, the components, of, you know, of the things that they represent. So they've got a duty. And my experience of the few that I have dealt with is they relish it. They're, they're very on board. And conveniently enough, those particular ones in my mind also work very closely with the Welsh government officials in that area. So it is a seamless approach to, to promoting Wales, if you like, in those instances, which to me, if we can get that everywhere, then that's fantastic. But, you know, I, I know this isn't um, what everyone, uh, every one of your listeners perhaps would want to hear, but I remember going to a um, presentation a few years ago um, run by the uh, Institute of Welsh Affairs, and it was some research that had been done by a Canadian consultancy about um, Wales's soft power around the world and, and Wales's profile. And they created a sort of a word cloud of um, what Wales was known for after, you know, they did a years long bit of, of research. And of course, everyone in the room was expecting the biggest word to be rugby. But of course, they rightly pointed out rugby's literally known in about, well, I'm underplaying it here, but in, in a, a dozen countries around the world who happen to play rugby, Wales is, is well known. But not many countries in the grand scheme of things are high profile rugby um, nations. The biggest thing that they they uh, they demonstrated, which um, people recognised Wales from around the world, were the words Prince of Wales. Now, you know, if that's the current situation, then we still need to work on leveraging that, whether that's people's ideal situation is another matter. But 
if the words Prince of Wales um, uh, and being part of GB, being part of the UK currently, help us get noticed and uh, in, in ways that otherwise we might not have been, then we've got to leverage that. We've got to get inside that. Once we're inside it, then we need to educate and inform. So I wouldn't discount those relationships at all. I would use them as much as we can. So increasingly, the word Wales, Cymru, everything that we stand for will stand alone more, 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 more from a profile point of view. You know, we're coming to the end of our time, so I do want to explore what's happening in London uh, over the next month, six weeks or so. Dan, it, Wales Week does seem to go on longer than a week, I, I've noticed. But I'd, I'd like to ask all three of you, you know, if you've looked at the programme, what are you looking forward to most? Kerry, do you want to pick that one up? Yes. Um, so I think I have to plug an event that is happening at the London Welsh Centre. Dan mentioned it earlier on, and I'm particularly looking forward to uh, the Amgiedva Cymru FAW and Welsh Gov collaboration, where they'll have a panel um, a panel discussion on how culture and sports partnerships help tell the story of Wales to the world. Um, and yeah, I'm really looking forward to that on the 28th of February here at the London Welsh Centre. And I'm not sure if you were in London at all or at any kind of uh, event in Italy, Dubai, or wherever you might be globetrotting. Is, is there anything in the programme which has attracted your attention? Well, I think I'm going to some event, what, every day of two weeks. <laughs> I'm going to be very, very busy. I'm particularly looking forward to the first event I'm going to, which, which is the evening with Sir Gareth Edwards. I'm really excited about that. And obviously, I'm actually really looking forward to, if I can plug our own events, which is taking place on uh, March the 2nd. We're holding an evening of music, Welsh food, uh, hoping to bring business people together. And we've got some really interesting people. We've got uh, a young lady who's a harpist. We have a famous lady who was the first Welsh lady to climb Everest. And fine, last but not least, we have Mared Williams, who is one of the stars of the West End. So we're very excited about our event. <laughs> I, I think plugging your own event is fine. Dan, I'm sure you're going to struggle to choose one over anything else, but I'm sure there's something which has trapped your eye more than anything else. Can you share or do you want to just talk about the programme yeah, as a whole? I, I mentioned a couple, if, if you don't mind. Um, you know, we've got... Um, uh, St. David's Day receptions um, with the US ambassador at Winfield House. We've got one with the French ambassador, one with the Swiss ambassador. And we really like the idea that through Wales, we've managed to engage those ambassadors and those embassies and gently encourage them that, you know, do you want to say happy National Day to your Welsh friends and partners? And they, they absolutely, yes, we'd like to. And, you know, they've done it in previous years as well. So I, I, I really like that, the fact that they do that. We also, at the London Welsh Centre every year, we run the annual exhibition of Welsh art, which is, um, uh, you know, I just love the way Kerry and, and her team organise that. And it's it, we try and do it in a way that's so favourable to the artists that they can sell work on a commission-free basis, you know, and, and it's an opportunity for up-and-coming artists, typically, that would never think they could show in London. Um, but we do that, and, uh, you know, so that's always good. We've got in BAFTA Piccadilly with um, BAFTA Cymru, we've got a, uh, an event with um, Mark Lewis-Jones, Michael Sheen, uh, producer of um, his Dark Materials, 
that's just fantastic. And it, and again, it's just a, to me, it's a great marker for Wales Week that organisations like these want to be involved. Um, it, you know, there's there's other arts things. There's all sorts. You know, we've got um, concert in Westminster Cathedral, uh, food and drink market, Welsh food and drink market. Um, we've got a, a a cruise down the River Thames with platform the the mental health charity. Um, there, yeah, there's there's just there's just loads of stuff really. Yeah, but it, it, we're really excited. Oh, you know, some of those are new things this year. Anne's event is a new event this year. We, we're to the National Tennis Centre with Tennis Wales, where people will actually have tennis lesson and things. You know, all this is just fantastic for us. You know, such a great variety and um, and a great energy, frankly. Thanks, Dan. I mean, our own Kerry Davis, you have a personal interest this year, I believe. What event are you most looking forward to? Well, as we're doing plugs, shamelessly, I'm glad you asked, Matt. But yeah, so I volunteer with the Sherman Theatre in Cardiff and we've got a joint production this year with the National Theatre in London. It's a play by Gary Owen, uh, a great Welsh playwright called Romeo and Julie. So I think you can see where, where the nod to that is from. And that actually launches tomorrow night, which we're recording before Valentine's Day, so it's press night tomorrow night. And then we've got a big Welsh cultivation event on the 21st of March, which we're, we're going to do a lot of work around. So, yeah, we're making the most of what Dan and the team have put on. Uh, so really looking forward to that, hopefully. And that, that play will then return to Cardiff and be available in the Sherman in late March and April as well. So it should be good. I hope you're you're happy that it's been well plugged for you, Kerry. <laughs> the whole podcast, Dan, has been arranged for that paragraph. <laughs> uh, this is usually the bit where I allow everyone to do their plugs and tell us their social media handles, etc. But before we do that, Dan, if people want to know more about the range of events you're holding this year, where can they go to find out? WalesWeek.London, very easy, and and all our our social media handles are just WalesWeekLondon. Bab, and for you personally? Uh, Dan J. Langford. Brilliant. Dan, Kerry, where can people find more from you online? So the London Welsh Centre website is londonwelsh.org. And I think in, I'm right in saying that our handles are all London Welsh CCLL, which stands for Canol Van Cymru And you can find me at Kerry underscore Wynn. Diolch, Kerry. And what about you? Where can people hear more from you? Well, our website is www.mogroup.com. Um, also, we have uh, lots of social at Mauve Group. And my own personal is at Anne Mauve, I believe, I think. Dioch, Anne, uh, again, thank you all for coming on the show this evening. If you have enjoyed what you've heard, please don't forget to find Hirith on Twitter and Facebook at Pod. You can go to our website, www.walespolitics.com. And thank you very much for supporting us with your ears. But if you would like to do so with your wallet, you can go to www.patreon.com forward slash hereithpod. Thank you for listening to Hereith. If you like what you heard, please don't forget to subscribe, rate and review.